Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Today we're going to be back in John chapter 10 again this morning talking about Jesus, the true shepherd, the good shepherd. Last week we kind of really introduced this section talking about Jesus saying that, that the shepherd, the true shepherd enters by the door, he comes the right way, the doorkeeper opens the door and we'll see today the sheep recognize his voice and they follow him. Jesus was talking about the fact that in chapter 8, he said he was the light of the world. And so in chapter 9, he heals the man who was blind and he gives him that light, shows him that he is the light. And at the end of chapter 9, uh, Jesus asked him, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he says, He answered and says, Who is he? Lord, that I may believe in Him. And he says in verse 37, And Jesus said to him, You've both seen Him. It is He who is talking with you. And then He said, Lord, I believe. And He worshipped Him. So He was able to see Him now. He believed. And as we get to chapter 10, we find out that this man's been kicked out of the synagogue. He's been kicked out by the false shepherds. The false shepherds were mean. They were nasty. God talked about them many times in the Old Testament that they were uh, feeding themselves, but they weren't feeding the sheep. They were taking care of themselves. And he was speaking specifically to the Pharisees here because these men cared more about themselves than they did this man. They kicked him out of the synagogue, and basically they thought they were the door to heaven. They thought they were the door to get people in and out and, and they thought by kicking him out of the synagogue that they had basically sent him to hell is what they said but no Jesus is going to come to him and shows him that the true shepherd goes and seeks his sheep right and he found a man and the man got saved and so let's read chapter 10 and we'll just start back in verse 1 again Jesus says most assuredly or truly truly or verily verily or amen, amen. Any of those are good. Basically what he's saying is, uh, listen up folks, I'm about to tell you something very important. Listen, he says, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, 
but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. So Jesus says, says first of all, that, that he who doesn't enter the sheepfold is not the true shepherd, but he's a thief and a robber. In other words, those who do not have the right credentials. And Jesus basically says he's the one that has the right credentials. He's the one who came the right way. We talked about that last week, that Jesus, he was the one who was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem. He came at the right time. The Bible says at the proper time he was the one who was the Messiah. He, he was the only one who had the right to lead the sheep. And so these other folks who've come, they are not the true shepherds, but they're thieves and robbers. And remember we talked about that, that a thief, he just comes to steal, right? And sometimes thieves steal, but a robber has the intent of violence they will do anything to get what they want and so they're not only thieves but they're robbers and they do violence they send people to hell they mistreat people they violently treat the people who they're supposed to be protecting and these pharisees are the one he's talking about and he says but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep Basically what he said was to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Remember we talked about the fact that that the sheepfold, they would have a common sheepfold and they would put all the sheep in one spot. And these sheep would be protected by one shepherd, one porter, whatever you called it. And sometimes they would take turns protecting these sheep, but they would put them in one fold and the rest of them would go and... uh, sleep and get the rest but one person would be able to take care of them because it was in a walled in place it was protected they do that when they were in town only the person who is truly the owner of the sheep will he let in he won't let anybody else in so if anybody else wants to come in guess what they have to do they have to climb up over the wall they have to steal and they have to kill and they have to destroy and, and that's what they will do they will come in sometimes because remember the shepherd loves his sheep he, he protects his sheep the only reason he keeps them is he keeps them for wool and for milk and for those kinds of things and so he wants to protect them and he doesn't kill them most of the time because they are his and he calls them by little names and little brownie or little funny leg or whatever it is and and so he loves them and he cares for them and you know Jesus knows all of our names right he knows each and every one of us and he knows knows us by the little funny things that's weird about us or strange about us or different about us and and he loves us anyway right he says but the one to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice so what he's talking about is the shepherd that word shepherd is the old word with a root meaning to protect Jesus applies it to himself and he says in many many places 
I just want to read you a few places here in the Bible. I'm just y'all won't be able to keep up with me, but Matthew nine thirty six it says, But when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. We know in Psalm twenty three it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm seventy seven says, I lead us thy people like a flock. Psalm 79 says, We, the people, the sheep of thy pasture, will give you thanks forever. Psalm 80 says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, the thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. Psalm 95 says, He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. God was the shepherd of Israel. Many, many places, even in the New Testament, Hebrews. Now we don't know exactly who wrote that, but thirteen, chapter thirteen, verse twenty says, "Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great Shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant." Paul says that we're to be shepherds. He says in Ephesians four, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Jesus used it. He said to Simon, what did he say? Simon, if you love me, feed my sheep, right? Tend my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Peter uses this to other preachers. He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And then Paul uses it for elders, pastors, bishops, whatever you want to call them. Whatever your Bible says. You know, in the Bible it calls preachers, it says calls us pastors, calls them elders, it calls them bishops. But all that really does is speak of the different functions of a pastor. He calls them shepherds because they're to take care of and feed and and tend the the sheep. He calls them elders because they're to rule over them. He calls them bishops. And all of these things have to do with the oversight. And really, Paul says that word pastor really is just... I didn't know this till the other day. Just Latin for shepherd. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. But but you know, you learn something when you study sometimes. Paul says, pay careful attention in Acts 20, verse 28-29. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I noted after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So the doorkeeper will open the door for the true shepherd, right? Because he knows who he is. And it's amazing, many people today, they open the door for the wrong person. And they let the wrong folks in their house. And they speak to the wrong people. Because there's many, many false shepherds out there. And they're out there to do harm. But he says here, the doorkeeper opens the door and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And so remember what I said that there would be several flocks inside this sheepfold, right? 
And what the sheep herder would have to do is he would have to go in and get his his sheep out from amongst the other. I don't know. There might be several flocks in there. And he would have to go in there and call them and say, come on, little brown ears or whatever. And animals are sometimes obstinate, just like we are, right? <laughs> and sometimes they might have to go in. And I gave you all that picture last week. I don't know if you all got to look at that. But that was pretty neat that, that they had the shepherd's crook. And that was used to pull the animals back to protect them and to kind of guide them and lead them. But then he had the little the rod. And that was used with a little ball on the end, and he could he could hit one of them or throw it at something was attacking the sheep, and he might have to go inside to the flock, and he might have to whoop on one a little bit to get him to move and come on out, right? And so he goes in, and that's what he does, and so he he goes in and he leads them out, and what this is really talking about is the fact that he goes in. And what he's doing is he's leading these people out of bondage, out of this false religion of Judaism. Because see, Judaism was just supposed to be a path that people would understand that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. But so many people got caught up just like today. People think you got to do something to get to heaven. But the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, last thing He said is finished. It's done. It's complete. What we do is believe and trust in Him. He goes in and He pulls His sheep out of the false religions. Whatever false religion somebody might be in, He goes in and pulls them out. You know, we can be in all kinds of false religions. Some people are in bondage to... All kinds of things. Sin and some people into drugs and alcohol and all kinds of things. Some people get caught up in false philosophy and psychology and ethics and false religions. But God sent Jesus to go in and pull us out of whatever bondage we're in. And then He brings out the sheep and then He goes before them. So not only does He kind of pull the sheep out which are his right but he after he pulls them out of these false religions what does he do he leads them now a lot of folks today are driving their people they're driving their sheep they're trying to get them to do this trying to get them to do that you can't drive people. I found that all of us in here, I don't know all of us, but I know myself, and I think we're all like that. When we get pushed into a corner, what do we do? Push back, right? <laughs> if you're pushed by somebody, you, you tend to push back. The true pastor leads in love, in word, and in deeds. And that's who Jesus said. Isn't that what He did the whole time He was here? He loved people for who they were. He, he loved them. He led them. He had compassion on them. And, and He led them lovingly no matter what situation they were in, no matter what problem they were in, no matter where they were at. He lovingly led them out. Sometimes He had to drive them out a little bit. But after He gets us out of this bondage out of these false religions out of whatever false fold we're in he brings us into his fold and he calls us by name 
and he leads us out. So it's amazing. I know this chapter really has a lot of things that we need to understand. And I don't know how it all works, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But somehow, some way, in this chapter, Jesus has brought it out in the past. But somehow or another, there's this thing in the Bible called election. And God calls His people by name. And the people who are His respond. But the Bible says that God is sovereign. But you know what it also says? It says we're responsible. Did you know that? God calls and people respond because somehow they belong to God and God knows who's going to respond and and knows who they are and He already has their names written down in what the Bible calls the Lamb's Book of Life. But you know what? That doesn't negate the fact that people have to respond and that's what these sheep do. He calls them by name and He leads them out. Sometimes He has to get hold of us pretty good to, to help us understand we need to follow Him. But once we trust Him and learn who He is and know Him for who He is and understand Jesus for who He is after He shows us, then we willingly follow Him. And He brings us out and He goes before us and we follow Him because we know His voice. Look what He says in verse 5. Here's the funny thing. He says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from Him for they do not know the voice of strangers. For some way, some reason, sheep will not follow people they don't know. I mean, sheep are pretty dumb in a lot of ways. And, you know, that. like I said before, when God calls us sheep, He's not really complimenting us a whole lot. Because sheep get into trouble all the time. Sheep won't take care of themselves. Sheep have to be led. Sheep have to be fed. Sometimes they have to be force-fed. Sometimes the shepherd, the sheep won't do what's right. He may break that sheep's leg, pop him in some way so that he carries him around for a while, and he'll carry him on his own shoulder. And guess what? By the time that sheep's leg's well enough, he loves that shepherd because the shepherd's been carrying him around and loving him and taking care of him. And you know, God sometimes has to do that to us, right? He says in Hebrews... 12.5 that that He chastises us. And and that means that sometimes He takes us out to the woodshed and He wears us out. Takes us out to the woodshed and wears us out. They won't follow a stranger. And I was reading one guy and he said basically that if uh, somebody calls to the sheep and they don't recognize the voice when they call the second or third time, the sheep are so well trained they will run. They will follow that somebody's voice they don't know. I mean, it's like somebody trying to call your dog. Most of the time, I guess some dogs, they'll come to anybody. A lot of them, they won't come unless they know who you are. But the sheep definitely won't come. But they will come when Jesus calls. But they won't come when a stranger calls. If we were so trained, or if our pastors in the past had trained us so well that we wouldn't follow these strange voices, these strange teachings. And that's one of the reasons I come here. People need to understand the truth and 
we don't always get it. and People don't always teach it. It's easy to be popular. But the Bible tells us that we need to tell others the truth. But you know, people get upset when you tell them the truth, don't they? <laughs> A lot of people don't like to hear the truth. And if you tell, pe- tell the truth, you know what people start labeling you as? Troublemaker. We need to know the truth. Jesus said the truth will set you free. And if, we're in, if we don't know Jesus like we ought to, we don't know His Word like we ought to, we may follow some other stranger. We may follow some other false teaching. I mean, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three stories. The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the parable of the lost son. And really, what this whole parable teaches is that God pursues sinners and He has great joy when they return. They turn in repentance and come to Him for salvation. You know, but God pursues us. And that what He did with this man, remember? He healed the man, told the man to go wash his eyes, and he came back seeing. And then all the Pharisees cared about was the fact that he, he had been healed on the Sabbath and they didn't like it. They wanted to know, was this really the right guy? And, and what happened? And they didn't care. They weren't jumping up and down and going, hey, you know this guy, he never has seen in his life and now he can see. But Jesus later on finds him and says, do you want to be saved basically? Do you know the Lord? He says, who's the Lord? He says, you see. He couldn't see before, but now he sees him. Well, as we sing Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see, right? He says, but Jesus told us, use this illustration, verse 6, but they did not understand the things which He spoke to Him. See, the people who are Jesus' people, they understand the truth. They believe Jesus. They hear His voice. They follow Him. And don't ask me to explain all that. When we get a little further down here in verse 8, He says, All who came before Me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. In other words, somehow, some way, God protected them from following false teachers and, and somehow know that they know who to follow. I, I don't understand it all. All I know is that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that came. He's the one who speaks for God. And because He speaks for God, we hear His voice, we know His voice, and we follow Him. Well, let's just stop right here and I'll just sum this up. He calls His sheep by name. Basically what that means is that each one must come on his own. You know, when you're saved... Nobody else can can come to the Lord for you. Nobody else can make that profession of faith. Nobody else can trust Christ for you. But you have to come on your own. And He knows all of us. He leads the sheep out or He puts them out. Sometimes He drives us out of the old ways and shows us just how bad the way is that we were living. But He does it for a good reason. Because He wants to bring us into His Fold, And His fold is a, a fold that cares about other people. See, Jesus cares about others. The Pharisees, all they cared about was what? Themselves, right? 
And then He goes before them. That means, guess what? He does not leave us alone. The shepherd's always with the sheep, right? He doesn't leave us alone. And then the sheep know they can trust His voice. Today, we just need to ask ourselves, are we following the true shepherd? Are we following the Jesus of the Bible? Have we asked God to forgive us and God to save us because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father but by Him? That's the only way you're going to make it into heaven. When we get to the next verse, He'll say He's the door of the sheep. I mean, He's the only way out of the old junk and He's the only way in verse 9 into the new sheepfold, the, the way to the Father, the way to heaven. He's the only way. Jesus wants us to understand that. He's wanting these people to understand, these Pharisees to understand that they're not the way to heaven. You, you can't get there by following a man. But you can get there by following Jesus and by studying and reading His Word. My prayer for y'all and for me, first of all, is that we know the Lord. And then second of all, that we follow Him. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I will do what? Make you fishers of men. You know what the implication is? If you're not telling others about Jesus, you're not really following Jesus. I guess we need to think about that a little bit. Ask, are we telling people about Jesus by the way we live, by the things we say, by the things we do, and we, as we get opportunity? Are we saying, well, you know, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way to heaven. That's my question today. We each have to answer it for ourselves. I can't do it for you. Nobody else can. But each of us, as individuals, we're responsible before God. Let's pray, and then we'll sing number 71, Amazing Grace. Father, we just love You today, and we thank You for who You are, and we thank You that You are the true shepherd. We thank You that for those of us who truly know You, and I hope and pray that's everybody here today, that You let us out of whatever false idea, false religion, whatever it is, You let us out of that false religion and You let us into the true sheepfold, the fold of You who is the way, the truth, and the life, and You're the only way to the Father. Lord, uh, we thank You that You... Speak and we hear Your voice. Lord, help us to do better as sheep. Lord, we're dumb and blind and helpless and hopeless and we do lots of crazy things, Lord, that make no sense sometimes. But Lord, help us to follow You and to hear Your voice and to follow that voice and to just do Your will, Lord. And if we get out of line, Lord... You do what you need to do to get us back in line. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, let's sing number 71. Amazing Grace.
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.